please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. We are going to conclude uh, the mini-series that we've been doing within the epistles of John. This was called The Anointing Our Divine Guide. And uh, we looked at some very exciting things and some very interesting things. And I pray that you're doing the things that you're learning. Amen. I mean, we really need to... James put it best when he said it's the doer of the word that is blessed, that we should not be forgetful hearers. So I want to begin by reading First uh, John 2 and verse 20. I want to look at the latter half of the verse. The Apostle John says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And then he says, and you know all things. Now, before we get up and go, well, that's right, brother. I know all things. I don't need to come to church. <laughs> okay, Which some people have done. And that's not what this is talking about. It isn't talking about you having all knowledge, uh, you know, to the degree where you just know all things in an absolute sense. But that's what I really want to talk about today. What, it, what is it actually talking about then? When it says you know all things, let's have a look first of all. Uh, I want to begin with the quote by Colin G. Cruz who writes in the fourth gospel. Uh, that's the gospel of John. Okay, Christ promises to send the paraclete, which is the Holy Spirit, to be with his disciples after his own departure. And the paraclete, Jesus says, will teach them the truth. Just as the author of 1 John reminds his readers that they have an anointing from the Holy One that will teach them also. So just as Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come, now the Apostle John is saying the same thing. He's saying he is coming and that he has come. And in fact, that's what Jesus promised, that when he leaves, that someone will take his place. Remember that? All right, he said, I'll send another like myself. All right, and he says the Holy Spirit, because remember again, Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God, just as the Father is God. Amen. So one part of the Godhead replaced another part of the Godhead. Amen. We were never, ever going to be, be without God. Hallelujah. I think that's great. In, in, we actually see this in John chapter 16 and verse 13, when Jesus says, However, when the Spirit of truth, referring to the Holy Spirit, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Notice it said that He will guide you into all truth, which means that we are never without guidance. So, so much of the time, you know, we're, we're worried that we're going to make a mistake or do the wrong thing or we didn't have time to call the person up, you know, or text them to say, please pray, I need it, you know, right now, which is fine with me. I'm always asking people to text me or whatever, let me know when they need prayer because that's what I'm there for. Amen. All right. Uh, regardless of whether I'm a pastor or not, we are th we're meant to be there for each other. Right. Amen. And pray for each other, especially when we're in a situation where uh, it doesn't allow us to pray. Who knows what I'm talking about, <laughs> okay? Because we need to be thinking about what we're doing, not, not off somewhere praying, amen? And that's, that's kind of like the battlefield when Joshua was, was fighting and Moses was praying. Right. And remember how every time his hands started to fall, they started losing the battle, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> so that, that's the thing that we all do for each other as the body of Christ. We should always, always be praying for each other and holding each other up. And so I always invite that. But you also need to understand that you are never without God, that God is always with you. And I think sometimes what we do is we put more faith in our ability or in somebody else's ability. I was going to say our ability to call someone, <laughs> okay? Because we have so much faith in their ability to pray that we sometimes disregard that God said He'll be with us. He'll never forsake us. And then here with Jesus saying that the Holy Spirit will guide you regardless of where you are. Amen. And just as a child of God, you need to know that you have that working as long as you receive it. We need to be aware of it so that we can receive it and be led by Him. Amen. 
Amen. And he says here, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, that is the Father, okay, he hears the Father speaking, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. I love that last part, <laughs> okay? You know what? That guarantees us that nothing should take us by surprise, especially those nasty things. I think sometimes God holds back on the good things, because, you know, it, it's no fun not being surprised by something good. Amen. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. But there are things when the devil's up to, he will let you know everything that is going on as long as you're listening. I don't know how many times you know, the devil has been up to something and God has been all over me and just speaking to me constantly. Something is going wrong, you know, and, and I won't go into details, but I know. And then when it happens, I'm not surprised. I might be sad, disappointed, but I'm not surprised. You see, because I've already had time to get over it. Do you understand? Amen? And while other people are going, oh my God, I couldn't believe, dot, dot, dot. At least you're standing there saying, well, you know. And you've got some wisdom to give. Because it hasn't taken you by surprise. The Lord will tell you, the Holy Spirit will tell you of things to come. Use that, especially if you're in business. Use that. You need it. Amen. This, this stuff isn't for church. Family, this stuff is when you're out there in the middle of the world and everything carnal out there that's trying to kill you. You need to know this stuff. Amen? You learn it here, but you use it out there. Amen. That's why you come to church. I, I, hopefully, I'm arming you. Amen. Amen. You will not be one of those people that fall into the category of my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. This group knows stuff. Amen. <laughs> All right. So, said in other words, this Christ-given presence of the Holy Spirit within believers gives them the power and ability to know all things. You know, it is a powerful thing to know. People talk about knowledge is power. You, it really is. You know stuff, and then you know how to plan what, what you're going to do, and you can be purposeful in what you do, in spite of what the enemy is up to. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. William MacDonald puts it this way. He says, it's not that they have perfect knowledge, but rather that they have the capacity to recognize what is true and what is not. Thus, the youngest, simplest believer has the capacity of discernment in divine things uh, that an unsaved philosopher would not have. Amen. Can, let me just say this, family. Please don't be uh, threatened or too influenced by people's credentials. Okay? You know how sometimes we see someone and, you know, they're a professor or something, and we just think, ooh, they know everything. They don't know everything. In fact, you might know so much more than them. They just know a whole lot of something in their area. Do you hear what I'm saying? And, you know, because we, what we do is we attribute those things to intelligence. We think, well, if they're like that, then they would have, have, have tremendous intelligence to get to that place. Can, can I just be honest? And so we think that way, and we think, well, you know, we're only doing whatever we're doing. But can I say this? It was really interesting how when they looked at Jesus' disciples, they said, ah, we know they're simple people, but they do profound things. Uh, but we know that, that was because they were with Jesus. <laughs> okay? So regardless of how simple they were, because they were with Jesus, they were no longer simple. I mean, these guys wrote books, and they, they are, are so well written that people that study them, I mean, just take the Apostle John, for example, the Gospel of John. He was meant to be a simple fisherman, but, and he's 
Greek is the simplest to read. But the stuff he writes is so profound, it's unbelievable. So you can be very simple in the way you think, but com come up with profound ideas. For example, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yeah, These are very simple statements, but the meaning behind them is incredible. Amen? The kind of knowledge that that came from. Do you, you know, see what I'm saying? So don't ever put yourself down and don't ever feel like, well, you know, I've never been to college and I've never been here or there. Hey, you've got God and he can make you stand out and excel in whatever you're doing. Just let him in. Amen? And give him the glory. Now people, you know, let me just deal with this very quickly. People say, oh, we can't steal God's glory. He's not that insecure. You know, some people make God sound like if you do anything wrong, he's just going to kill you. Because how dare you? You know who does that? The devil. Not God. The devil is the one that's jealous. The Bible tells us God is what? Love. Patient, kind, long-suffering, all those things. Amen? Doesn't, doesn't get hassled. with You do them wrong and they'll forgive you straight away. That's God. And can I just say this? When he created man, do you know the Psalms tell us that he crowned us? With glory and honor. What glory? See, nobody thinks about that. The only glory that there was was His. He crowned us with His glory and His honor. Which is why the Apostle Paul would say that, that we will become a glorious church. Amen? That we are meant to be that place, in that place where He is. And he is, you know, he is not jealous and upset and has, okay, all those things that a lot of people preach. He wants his kids to look like him. That's the reason why it says, and God made man in his image after his likeness. He didn't say, well, you know what? He looks a little too good. Let's just knock him down a few notches. Don't want him getting a big head. You'll never read that in the Bible, but you will read that in religion. Anyway, just stuff to know. This is good for your soul. <laughs> okay. Jesus says in John 6.45, so not only did Jesus say in John 16 that the Holy Spirit will come and not only guide you in all the truth, but he will tell you things to come, but in John 6.45, he says, it is written in the prophets and they shall be taught by God. God is your teacher. God is my teacher. That's the reason why we can excel. We can do better than our, the previous generations. And we should. We shouldn't worship the previous generations and you know, hold up the apostles and everything else. We should be excelling. We sh you know, to honor them, we really should go beyond them. It is a sad situation when we go backwards and say, well, they did stuff. We can't ever do that stuff. Why? Is, who taught them? God taught them. Who's teaching you? The same God. He didn't get old and die. <laughs> Amen? He's still there. And he's still looking to share. And give us whatever we have need of. Hallelujah. Amen. So, to further clarify. Let's get back to our text. There are what the Apostle John means. Colin G. Cruz explains... The reference to knowing all things needs to be understood in the context in which the subject is under discussion is, in this case, the denial of the Lord 
Jesus, or Jesus is the Christ, God's Son come in the flesh. In this respect, everything they need to know is taught them by the anointing they have received. So, as much as, you know, adult believers can be led into all kinds of truth and be told of things to come, what the Apostle John is saying is, let's take a step back. What about all the young believers that don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth? What about them if they don't know the word of God like we know? Has, has that question come up? Well, that's a question he's answering here. He's saying, listen, even if you don't know a lot about the word, that same anointing, that same Holy Spirit that is in you that will guide a mature believer into what the things that are to come will let you know when something is off. Amen? He will let you know. If somebody's preaching something that's... Uh, see, that happens sometimes when we go and uh, see a guest preacher that has written 600 books and whatever. Okay, and I'm not thinking about anybody right now. Okay, because I don't throw rocks. All right? <laughs> but, you know, one of those people that might have a lot of credentials, and because of their credentials, everybody go, says, let's go see them. And you're sitting there, and you, you, you know, you're sitting and you're squirming, and you're thinking, something is off here. Uh, and you didn't go in with the critical spirit. Okay, <laughs> if you had a critical spirit, get rid of it first. Okay, but you're going in there, you want to learn the word. And you're sitting there, and you're getting something is off inside. I will guarantee you somebody else will be thinking the same thing and feeling the same thing. That is God telling you, don't, regardless of all of their credentials, this person, remember they're all people. Okay, let me tell you something as a pastor. I'm still human. <gasps> okay, <laughs> I know that comes as a shock. I know some people think I'm the, mem the fourth member of the Godhead. You know, but I'm not, <laughs> okay? I need prayer just like everybody else needs prayer. Just because you know, I've been called into the ministry... God has a stricter judgment on me because I influence you. But as a person, I still have the same problems you do. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, I still have to take the garbage out. It doesn't wheel itself out because I'm a pastor. And, you know, it just gets up and it just moves. And because, you know, bless God, I, I dare, how dare I ever have to move garbage? And the plates don't wash themselves? I'm just talking about some real everyday stuff, you know? I, wait, I do all of that. That is me. That, that's me as a human being. That's me as a person. Regardless, there are things that we all have to deal with. Amen? The, the only advantage I have, a slight advantage that I have, is when I, when I look into the Word, I see things. That's where my gift is. That's where the pastor part comes in. That's where you know, God anoints me and I'm able to minister these things to you. And then he's going to hold me accountable for what I minister to you because he has given me a gift to do it. And I, he holds me responsible for how I use that gift, whether to influence you for good or get you off track. And there are a lot of pastors out there, and this is what I'm talking about, that, you know, they want a certain thing. They have an agenda for what they preach, why they preach things. It's not spirit-led. It's more crowd-led. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen. And so they want to see, you know, what can I do to minister to get whatever from the people? Whether more people or more finances, whatever, they're looking for a reason why they're doing things. And God's going to hold them responsible. And I, I think there are some people that are, you know, going to get to heaven, they're going to be shocked in the way that certain people are rewarded. And people that they thought weren't going to get rewarded that much, because, you know, they weren't doing much, they thought. Some little grandma that was sitting in the back that nobody even saw. Come to find out, she's the one that prayed and kept the church together. Amen. She'll get the reward that the pastor was meant to get. Just letting you know. 
Any grandmas here? Am I in trouble? No, <laughs> okay. Just checking. <laughs> but, but that's what I mean, you know. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it, it, when you're there, you need to know that if the Holy Spirit is saying something is off, regardless of who the person is, regardless of how famous they are, you go with that. You just be cautious. On the other hand, you know, there might be somebody up there, you know, that, that just, you're just thinking, you know, he didn't, he didn't use the right scripture there, and his, his examples aren't that great, but you have a peace about it. They may not be word perfect, but their heart is right before God. And God will say, you know what, just don't worry about all that stuff. Listen to what they're saying. Amen? They just need to learn a little bit more, but their heart is right. They are trying to help you. And then you need to be okay with that and not be critical. This is coming from a person that was very critical about somebody get the word wrong. That's it. I'm not listening anymore. You know what? I'm the one that missed out. And I learned better. And I have learned better. Amen? Now I just listen, and I listen for the spirit behind it more than the, the technical things. Hey, I can do the technical things for myself. That's my job. That's not their job. You know, whatever they're ministering, I'm there to hear and receive from. Amen? Amen. I, Howard Marshall, says this. He says, the Antichrist have no monopoly of truth. No matter how superior they may regard themselves as being, in comparison with ordinary Christians, it is a privilege of every true Christian, listen, to have knowledge from the Spirit. That's our privilege. That's, can I say this? That's our right. Because we are children of God, God says, I will give you what you need when you need it. Amen? Regard, and so he will never allow the enemy to ever get the upper hand in your life. Do you hear me? Amen? So don't ever let that happen. And don't, don't ever let the enemy whisper that into your ear. That, you know, where is your God now? <laughs> just, you just say, one moment please. Oh, please. <laughs> okay? And you pray. And you watch how God will just come through and do something unbelievable. And you go, there. <laughs> That's where he is. <laughs> Amen. Oh, I could tell you stories. Anyway, getting back to this, I've got to finish this today. Let's move on to verse 21. The Apostle John says here, now he says, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but, or were ignorant of it, but because you do know it. So he confirms that what you know is the right thing. He's saying, listen, what, you know that sense you get on the inside about what's right and wrong? I'm confirming that it is right. You go with that because that's God on the inside talking to you. Amen? Colin G. Cruz writes, he says, the truth to which the author refers to in this context is the truth about Jesus Christ, that he is the Christ, the Messiah. And while the author says he writes not because his readers do not know the truth, but rather because they do know it, nevertheless he does write to warn them about the lies that are being spread around about the person of Jesus Christ. And that is so prevalent today. It is a situation in society right now. We see, we're getting all religiously correct, aren't we? You know, and in getting religiously correct, we are becoming more and more God incorrect. Can I say that? And have you noticed how to be religiously correct is to allow everybody else's religion in, but not, we better not have a Bible in, in the classroom? Well, what's religiously correct about that? Hey, dude, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to allow it, allow everything. Don't allow part of it and then say, no, you can't have that because that's making this person upset. Well, that's making us upset. That's, that's what I mean, family. You know, that, <laughs> you know th this is what we're dealing with right now. 
And that's why it, this is more uh, relevant to us in this day, even back then, back when John was writing it. Because there's so much error that has come in. There is so, there much, is so much that is coming in, in the name of truth and tolerance, that is actually lies and intolerance, when you actually look at it. And they're trying to get you to be okay with it. And can I say this? What we need to realize is if it's not okay, we need to take it to God. You know, I, I, as much as I appreciate going to the local members and parliament and stuff, we have a higher authority. We have a greater courtroom, the courtroom of heaven. And we can start doing things in, see, you can pick it and you're not going to change a person's heart, but you pray and you change their heart. And that's what we don't get, see. We, as, as Christians, you know, we want to go do something. We want to hit something, you know, a person. Okay, don't do that. that. All that does is make them even worse. And, and they'll oppose you even more. That's why I really, I, I, I do get a little concerned about some of the, the Christian political parties. Because sometimes in the way they push things, you know, people push back. And so we were always meant to be that silent assassin. Not one that paraded and, you know, okay. Uh, I'm really glad there's Christian parties out there. Just for the record, I, I know some of them as well personally. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is we need to be careful about where we put our faith and what we put our faith in. Amen? Our faith needs to be in God. And those people are great and they're there. And when God starts to move, we do need people out there to do the work. Do you see what I'm saying? But we need to, we, we can't look at them and go, well, that didn't go so well. What's wrong with you? Hey, look at yourself and ask yourself, what's wrong with you? Did you pray? Or were you saying, well, they're meant, uh, let them earn their money. That's not how this works. I'm sure whatever they're getting paid, it isn't enough anyway. We, that's not how it works, man. We see them having a problem. We pray. And we clear the way. Amen? That is our job. That's our responsibility. And we will be held responsible for that stuff when we get to heaven. Amen. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Jesus said this. He said in John 14 and verse 6, and we need to, everything that is out there needs to be judged according to this verse. Are you all here? In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am a way, a truth, and a life. And there's other ways to God. You know, it sounds really nice, but it's wrong. Okay, just like there's only one thing that goes in your gas tank. Gas. Petrol. If you put water in there, it will not work. Oh, but I want to be liberal. No, you're going to break down. But I want to be car correct. I'm trying to think politically car correct. Okay, you know? Don't. You can't be. Okay? You need to see what the guy that made the car said. This is how it runs. You put petrol in there. You put water in there. And you put oil in there. Please do not get them mixed up. I don't care how politically correct you want to be. That's where the stuff goes. That's when it works. Don't you put the wrong stuff in there. Bring it back and say, it doesn't work. It broke. Just like so many people complain about their life after they do all the things God tells them not to do. Hmm? And it falls apart and say, well, if there is a God, how come he let this happen? Because you're stupid. <laughs> Again, I, <won't> say 
I said it, didn't I? All right. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And notice he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. So everything that has been said that, that contradicts that is what the Apostle John is talking about here with regard to the young believers. He's saying, listen, there is a Holy Spirit in you that will let you know when things are going off track. When somebody says, yes, we know Jesus is wonderful and everything else, but, you know, there are other ways. Get out of there. The Holy Spirit, if he tells you to run, just run. <laughs> Don't worry about etiquette. Just get out because there is something demonic there now starting to move. And he will use Jesus. Remember the sons of Sceva. They said, in the name of Jesus, that Paul preaches. You know what all happened to them, right? Paparazzi got them running naked through the street. In the newspaper. You know. <laughs> you know. Sons of priests dressed inappropriately, you know. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. All right. I need to bring this to a conclusion. <clears throat> this is the reason why the apostle um, Peter in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. I, I don't want to go through. Uh, this is the story of the man at the gate beautiful. Remember the lame man that was lame from his mother's womb here? And he heals him. Remember silver and gold have I none? What I have I, Okay. And so we get to verse 10. This is after that happened. Peter gets up and preaches and he says, Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. All right? Because there's a lot of Jesus around. This one, okay, he said the Jesus Christ, that is the Christ, from Nazareth, that guy, okay, we all know who it is now. And he says, whom you crucified, by the way, whom God raised from the dead, so whatever you tried to do, it didn't work. Okay, you killed him, God raised him from the dead, which tells you something, dude, you made a huge mistake. By the way, just saying, and he says, by him, this man stands here before you, uh, before you halt. I want to jump to verse 12, and he goes on to say, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Amen? See, there, there, there is no choice here. The person that made it all said, this is what you do. Just like the person that made the car said, this is what you put in it. Do you know in some cars you can't even just put any petrol. They'll tell you a certain kind of petrol needs to go in that car. You all know that? And yet we think we can do whatever we want with our eternity. Isn't that incredible? William MacDonald writes, The Bible everywhere insists that the Jesus of the New Testament is the Lord Jehovah of the Old Testament. Therefore, to attribute anything less than God to him is unscriptural and incorrect. And while the Apostle John now goes into concluding verse 21, that's 1 John 2.21, and that no lie is of the truth. Now, what it, the literal text actually says, every lie is not from the truth. Which means that all the lies that come in don't originate from here. There's nothing in here that will contradict what God is saying. Do you understand? So wh whatever they, people start to minister has to come from outside of the Bible. Which is why I'm always cautious when I hear people starting to quote references outside of this. I don't mind them quoting references to support this, but when it contradicts this, I have a problem. Now, I, I quote all sorts of references from all over the place, but it's always to support, not to contradict. Amen? And always look out for that as well. 
please look out for it. And, and, and look out for people saying things like, yes, well, you know, I've got this information because, you know, the Bible doesn't have everything in it. There are other things that we can actually, you know, places we can go to receive other information that kind of fills in the gaps. And some of those gaps are being filled in by, by things that are not right and that ultimately contradict what's in here. Do you hear me? And so that's why you need to be really, really careful about anything other than what, what's here. Amen? All right. Okay. To explain this, and I'll let me finish with, I've got a couple of quotes and we'll conclude. Thomas F. Johnson writes, the elder, referring to the Apostle John, wants to remind his dear children that the new teachings of the departed Antichrist were not derived from the truth which the community holds to be central and sacred. In actual fact, their lies and deception have arisen from sources outside the fellowship. And why he, what, what he means by no lie is of the truth. Amen? In his commentary, John MacArthur says that two characteristics mark genuine Christians in contrast to the Antichrist. First, the Holy Spirit, the anointing, guards them from error. Christ as the Holy One imparts the Holy Spirit as their illuminating guardian from deception. Remember that you have an anointing from the Holy One. Remember the anointing is the Holy Spirit from the Holy One is Jesus Christ. We talked about that before. Remember that? Amen? Okay. And so he says that it is Christ as the Holy One who imparts the Holy Spirit as our illuminating guardian from, or guardian from deception. Second, the Holy Spirit guides the believer into knowing all things. True Christians have a built-in lie detector, <laughs> okay, and persevere in the truth. Those who remain in heresy and apostasy uh, manifest the fact that they were never genuinely born again. Now, I made mention of this before, but some people come into the kingdom for all the wrong reasons. You know, they want to say, oh, Jesus is Lord because they want a car and a house and all the other stuff. That somebody got up and preached and said, well, if you receive Jesus, you can have all this stuff. So they say, okay, okay, give us the words. What are the words? Oh, Jesus is Lord. Yeah, Jesus is Lord, whatever. Okay, when do I get my car? You know one of those things? Uh, Jesus is the Lord of your life, sweetheart. You're still Lord, <laughs> okay? You still need to surrender that to the Lord. And the reason we surrender it is not because we don't want to have any control over it, but we understand that only He can look after us when we have an invisible enemy against us. And we really don't know what's going on out there. And we really need him to tell us because he's kind of like the person that stands over a maze and can look at down on the maze and say, go left, go right, because I can see where the end is. Amen? And we need him for that reason. Hallelujah. Okay. Therefore, as Simon J. Kistemacher writes, the believer anointed with the Holy Spirit is able to discern truth from error, oppose heresy, and withstand the attacks of Satan. So, not only do we have the armor of God, as I conclude, uh, to overcome the devil and all of his forces, remember again that the devil has a power. Remember in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, it said there that he has delivered us from the power of darkness. There is a certain power out there that is coming against us. Do you hear me? It's not just in our mind. There is an actual power at work to do bad things. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. So over the time we look at things that go wrong and say, how could God do this? Wrong God. It's not a capital G. It's a little g. Amen? And we need to know that. We need to recognize that. We need to identify that. And we need to pray against that stuff. And not just roll over and take it. Amen. If something go wrong, you just pray and say, God, no. 
No, <laughs> okay? Just say no some days. Just like, just to drugs, no? You can say no to things as well that go wrong and say, no, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. And you just say, Lord, you, I'm opening the door right now. You go do what you need to do. And you watch God work. And then let go, man. Don't get upset over it. Let it go. Amen? We need to learn how to pray and let go. Your part is the prayer part. God's part is the manifestation part. You worrying about it won't manifest it. <laughs> okay? You need to let go of it. And the, the faith prayer is to pray and say, you know what, God, until you tell, ask me to do something else, as far as, I'm uh, as far as I'm concerned, faith is now. Now faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. As far as I'm concerned, the moment I prayed, it was done. Amen. Amen. And I'll decide to walk by faith, not by sight. Don't be moved by what you see. Amen? That is the most powerful thing you can do. Amen. To conclude, <laughs> this was kind of funny, so I want to read this to you. Simon J. Kissimaki gives us the following excellent practical advice when he writes, When someone tries to teach you doctrines that do not originate in the Old and New Testaments, tell that person that you believe in Jesus Christ that you know that Jesus died for your sins, that Jesus has opened the way to heaven for you and is preparing a place for you, and that you are happy and joyful in the Lord. That's it, okay? Don't have to argue with them. Just tell them all that stuff. When you confess your faith in Jesus, witness for the Lord, and show that you are able to discern truth from error, your visitor will depart. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you.